Justina, let us know if there's enough light on us. We both live in trailers, so we can always turn it around <laughs> at a different angle. So we are welcoming in comedians Chris Paul and Huggy Lowdown from my hometown area of Washington, D.C., where I grew up, and I grew up listening to you guys. I wanted to welcome you into my show. Thank you for coming on Undefined with Josina Anderson. Thank What's you that? for having us. We yeah. are so proud of you, Josina. You we proud of little old me? Did little old me? You've made D.C. proud. You've made D.C. proud for so many years now. You just keep elevating your game. I'm trying. We just love you. We just I, love Chris, you. Chris, yeah. she just called us. A, she just called us some old mother. She said, I've been listening to y'all since I was a kid. Right? You ain't. You ain't hear that, though, Chris. We are old. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm old, yeah, too. Old. I'm not, you we know, I, I've, shit, gro I've grown up. A, listen, I knew Chris Paul going back to when I was interning at uh, WPGC uh, with, uh, how long ago was that, Chris? I was like 18, 19 years old. I don't know. Back then, Huggy, she was a young track superstar. <laughs> oh, yeah? You still, you still got the legs going, Justina? I mean, not since the, not She was listen. like Flo Jo. She was like Flo yeah. Jo. Hey, listen, that was yes, my sir. nickname back in the day. They used to call me Flo J, but listen, during the Flo, pandemic. Flo Jo Cena. Flo Jo Cena, Flo Jojo. But I'm I'm in the living room doing squats like everybody else because I ain't got no gym to go to without being uh, afraid of getting yeah. the COVID cooties. Right, right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. But I wanted to say I appreciate you guys coming on for this segment, Rip the Headlines, where we just take a look back at the weekly headlines in the news and make a little fun of them. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is this headline. Titans running back Derrick Henry delivered a vicious stiff arm to Bills cornerback Josh Norman Tuesday night in a 42-16 to uh, win over the Bills. And I'm sure you guys have seen this video <laughs> from this disrespectful stiff arm. I'm just curious, uh, was it too much even for Derrick Henry to go on his Instagram last night and put a picture memorializing the, the, this too? I'm just saying. The, the, the only way <laughs> that Josh Norman can redeem himself uh -oh. if he would... He would he, he he would have to shoot him. <laughs> Bro, let me, tell you, let me tell you something. You'd yes. rather have Derrick Henry cough in your face, uh -huh. and then farm you like that, and then shoot you, and Bro. then <laughs> give you the COVID. That, that stiff arm is worse than COVID. But here's what that, I'm saying. I felt this was a little bit terrible because the one thing I wanted to give credit to Josh Norman on, he wasn't really fully in front of him. He was coming from the side. You, you know, know, he wasn't all... I, I'm, you know I'm trying to give him a something. Did yes. you, you see him pick up a couple of braids, Chris? <laughs> Bruh, he stiff-armed Josh Norman, and when Josh Norman stood up, he had his Washington jersey on again. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness right. to Josh, how many people would be in front of Derrick Henry and actually live to tell about it? I, I mean, he, you know what I'm saying? He, 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 this he happened to Earl Thomas last year, too. It, it, it was, huh? Nobody feels bad. But even from just, a, let, yeah, let, just let you know, everybody can get cut. But even from a football angle, this is what I was trying to say, is that he already, he didn't start in front of him. He was trying to come over and cover, Cena, you know what I'm Joe saying? Cena, and his momentum was Joe already Cena. headed in this direction, which made it kind of easier to kind of pimp slap him in that same direction. That's all I'm trying to say. Team doctors say that it'll take at least three to five weeks for Derrick Henry's handprint <laughs> to disappear from his face. All right, so let's move on to the second headlines. Uh, this was talking about Kamala Harris and her appearance last night at the uh, Supreme Court hearings. And this particular headline in the Mercury News said, no fireworks as Kamala Harris questions Amy Coney Barrett in the hearings last night. And in this article, there was a quote where this uh, particular political analyst said, Harris didn't go for the jugular, that she thought that she would have more stiletto, meaning that I think that they thought she was going to boss 
Amy Coney bear it up a little bit. I just thought particularly that this headline was somewhat presumptuous. I, I don't know. What, yeah, what, 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 what were y'all yeah. thinking here? It's a trap, Justina. It's a trap. <laughs> damn it, she do. Damn it, she don't. They talk about right. her it's facial expression. They uh-huh. want a facial profile of one. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And I saw some very respected political pundits all say that Kamala Harris did an excellent job. She did what she's supposed to do. Yeah. But yeah. they want her to be up there. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Today's black woman, mm-hmm. she can keep it under control. Now, you can make her go there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I say this, including Josina. Mm-hmm. You can make Josina go there. That is right. But for the most part, <laughs> you're going to keep it calm, cool, right. and just straight and straight beat people down with your intellect. Well, right, and, and right. that's another strategy, too. But I think right. what people are saying is that there are opportunities to have maybe grilled her more when you're talking about the Affordable Care Act being on the line, women's rights being Roe, on the line. Roe versus Wade. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She could have asked uh, Barrett, <laughs> that's her name, Amy yeah. Comey Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> she could have asked her questions that the black community is interested in. Uh-huh. Kamala could have asked her, uh, tell me, yeah. your black sons, do they go to a white or black barber shop? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. If that boy is athletic, he's definitely going to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and hey, listen, you know I'm right, a Tar yeah. Heel, so uh, I know. if he's talented and he can dunk for real, we will try to recruit him and steal him. But if he, you know, uh, being a little corny, he might have to go to Duke. I'm just saying that because I'm a Tar <laughs> Heel and I can't say that. So there you go. All right, so let's move on to the third headline. Kate Hudson, everyone knows this actress, uh, says that she has had an on-screen kiss with Matthew McConaughey that she felt like should have been better. This was actually on E! Online News this morning. This She was appearing on Gwyneth Paltrow's podcast. And um, she was asked, okay, was this kiss a little bit too brotherly? And uh, Kate Hudson said that she felt like the kiss was sibling. I don't even know how to say that, siblingly. <laughs> so I'm just curious, guys, if somebody said or some female said this after kissing you all, how would you feel, let alone if it was international star Matthew McConaughey? Well, just doing some uh, pimp forensics. Oh, doing yeah. some pimp forensics here. <laughs> pimp yeah. forensics. It's no surprise to us that Matthew McConaughey is a horrible kisser. Uh, okay. Oh, and why is that? I think he tells everybody about his kissing skills, doesn't he, Huggy? He, he says it himself. Mm. Well, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a good kisser? It's all right, all right, all right. It's all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, you're right. That yeah, is a famous well, Matt saying. The second thing you need to know is... A Lincoln. I mean, so he drives a Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. You ever heard a woman get macked on by a... A dude in a Lincoln? I mean, you know, it depends on what Lincoln it is, what series. Pimps I mean, if she's, pimps don't drive Lincoln. You've never seen any if, pimp movie with a dude in a Lincoln. If Matt's girl, coming he, around he in a Lincoln in SUV, Lincoln? maybe, but if he's coming in the Lincoln M- MKS or whatever the hell it is, you know, he might could get, you know, a couple fries or two on a date. That's what I'm saying. The only good kissing Matthew McConaughey does is mm. of Daniel Snyder's ass of the Washington Redskins. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> he, he showing up always has box seats That's right. or is That's on right. the sideline. Or maybe right. he's got the, he's got the money for it. It's not like uh you know he can't afford it, Chris. Let's move on, okay, to Mike Tyson, <laughs> your boy. Y'all know, listen about y'all know about Mike Tyson, and he's got this upcoming fight with Roy Jones Jr. Both of them are over fifty. Well, I, and and he was doing this yeah. interview with Good Morning Britain in which he appeared to kind of fall asleep. He was slurring his word. And I'm asking you guys, is this the best way to even promote a fight? <laughs> Huggy, you falling asleep. <laughs> tell you what, Roy better fight than why he falling asleep. Cause he gonna get, Lit. 
He's going to get his ass Derrick Henry. <laughs> I, I can't be I falling think, asleep. What's going on, Chris? This fight should not happen. Oh, Roy, really? Okay, Roy, so now off, you man. think this should be called off? Yes. Why? Call yes. it off. Why? Call, call it off. Are you scared for them? You don't think that they can handle it? Scared for who? Mike or Roy? I'm not scared for Mike. Okay, who are you scared for? Roy? Yes. You scared Roy. for Roy. Okay. Yeah. But both of them at this point in their lives could probably do without mm -hmm. any kind of physical punishment. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think it would do Mike any good to catch a couple blows to the head. Right. And it definitely, it might actually correct Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> <laughs> if he gets his ass beat just right. Yes. Just, just right. right. This might just clear it all, like clear out the COVID, clear out the flu, you know, clear out life. <laughs> oh, he might come out and start talking a different language. He might start talking that Bushman language, like. Come to find out his name is Leroy Jones. <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> and if Roy Jones Jr. does pull the upset and yeah. gets the win, yeah. he has a chance with Kate Hudson. Oh, y'all are terrible. Y'all are terrible. Is this the international call for men? Do y'all do this? This whole time I thought this meant Rockefeller. And y'all, is this the international sign for throwing up the box? Y'all, is that, did I just learn this today? Well, listen, listen, listen. I appreciate you guys joining us for this segment of Rip the Headlines. Y'all are so great. Thank you for coming on. Backside of my studio, the backside. Yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. I see. I see. You have like he's a ballerina. No, you can't dance. That is not even me. It's somebody else. First of all, I was a ballerina I know. for thirteen years. That's what I'm saying. You act like you got a ballerina. No, you can't do no ballerina. First of all, I was a ballerina for thirteen years. I don't know what you're talking about. Can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell. So you was a track star, or a ballerina. First of all, can I welcome you in, please? <laughs> <laughs> So we are welcoming in from the Washington football team safety pro bowler Landon Collins into the undefined studio with yours truly, Josine Anderson. I appreciate you joining us from the locker room. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate you having me, you know. I mean, before we even got started, you were already, you know, taking shots. You know, you see the ballerina in the back talking about I wasn't no ballerina. You know what I'm saying? We're not supposed to run track. You know, you, you always lighten me up with 900 things to say. You know it. I got to get on your head. That's how it is? Yep. Whatever, man. Uh, at least um, at least I know how to make sure I got lotion on my toes. I don't know. I'm just saying. Some of us don't know how to make sure they properly grease up. I'm just saying. Wow, I still got the pictures. You want me to send it to you? <laughs> you ain't got it. no pictures. <laughs> oh, so last time we played the Giants, I got that picture. We oh, you got, got that picture? On the pink one. Oh, or yeah, were you and Eli it. Apple trying to tell me my, my feet were ashy in the locker room? Man, they, <laughs> you could start a fight with the thing. Telling you. My feet were not ashy. <laughs> Y'all were just zoned in too much. You I thought you was two-tone. See, first of all, I was two-tone. First of all, you be thinking that dimple work for you, and it does not be working for you. I'm just trying to tell you, just to let you, you know. You just bringing no more attention to I it. I don't My bring attention to it. So you be trying to always turn your head to the side, just like you did just now. Nah, I got it on it. both sides, look. Oh, see, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Both sides. I got it on both sides. I don't need one dimple, no. Anyways, anyways, you don't have that much time in between meetings, so <laughs> let's right. get to the interview. Um all right, so on a serious note, you guys are going through some adversity right now with a 1-4 and four record. I'm just curious, how is it that you are navigating these challenges right now with trying to get the team back into the win column? 
Uh, we correct our mistakes. We turn into the next page and we keep it moving. Honestly, we just kind of stand in tune. We don't let that what happen downplay us, and we just pick the corrections as much as we can, and uh, just keep on playing fast and keep on going to the next game like it could be our last. So, so in your own words, describe what you feel like has changed since the win against the Eagles, where the defense y'all were kind of you know, especially in the second half, balling. Got the eight sacks on Carson Wentz. You know, beyond the obvious of you know the in, you know the injuries to uh, Ioannidis and Chase Young. Um, honestly, it's just been um, not playing complimentary football. Once we get back into that routine and doing those things, uh, field position, getting out and getting our offense on the other side to fit as much as possible, turnovers, uh, stuff like that, um, giving uh, as many opportunities we can to score, put points on the board. That'd be the best way to get back into that win column. Mm -hmm. Keep looking directly at the camera. You're looking everywhere else. I'm just saying, can you focus during the interview, please? I'm focused. I'm <laughs> asking the question, correct? Thank you. Thank you. All right. So going back to the game against the Cardinals, how dispiriting, you know, was that uh, from the standpoint of Kyler Murray had gotten a couple of touchdowns on the ground, uh, one in the air. He had 67 yards rushing. You guys had gone on the road after having this high against the Eagles. So what do you feel like that loss kind of did to the team from a spirit standpoint? Uh, spirit standpoint, I don't think it really, really touched us to so seriously. We just know we just didn't do our job defensively, keeping him contained and making him throw, throw the ball as much as possible. Um, and if we did that, we win that game. So that was the biggest change. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move on. How would you describe the impact that Chase Young's injury um, has had on this team? Obviously, he only played uh, 13 defensive snaps. Uh, Cleveland, he had had two and a half sacks up to that point, eight tackles, two for loss, and one forced fumble. And then you also lost Matt Ioannidis in that game. I mean, he was the team leader in sacks for this team last year. Mm -hmm. Um, like as they're saying, I mean, I don't know about the swag. I mean, we try to keep the swag as much as possible. Those two, like those two downfalls, is very tough for us. But um, with that being said, we just we try to keep it ramped up. Um, we keep it, try to keep a lot of swag on the, on the back end, a front end, linebacker core. Just try to keep on playing. So what has the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, you know, said to you guys? I mean, you know, people have talked about the four straight game with the third, you know, allowing 30 points. It's the first time in Washington's history that has happened. You've got, you have a lot of talent. I mean, you're a pro bowler. Everyone on the defensive line is a first rounder with, you know, obviously Chase Young being out. So what has he said to you all in terms of trying to solve this going up to the game against the Giants next week? Just being more consistent. Like we have stretches in what we do um, defensively, getting us off the field, getting us out on the field, off third downs, and making plays. So we do it in stretches, and it's just not consistent enough. Has it been tough for the team to deal with? You know, everything also that the head coach is handling. You know, it's that that's also an emotional thing for a team to know that your head coach sure. is handling something that's so personal and trying to get through mm -hmm. cancer treatments. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we definitely got him on our mind all the time. Um, we definitely got his back, and uh, he's there almost here every day. So, with that being said, we know we, uh, he's coming to work, and he's not letting that bother him. So, we're not gonna let it bother us. So, I know I spoke to you after the Cleveland game. Well, I barely spoke to you. Nemo in the talk. And, you know, you didn't and you laugh it, but, you know, that's the case. And I'm just curious, you know, why are you so hard on yourself, you know, after a, a defeat? Like what's going through your mind? As far as, you know, how just you the stuff, it? you know, it's not regrets. It's more the things that you could have done better. Um, and some plays, you always want plays back. You know, if you could do better that one specific play, um, 
you always want those plays back. And if it could change the game, it could be a difference maker in the game. So uh, I'm, that's why I'm always hard on myself. And, and no, I don't think anybody liked to lose. So at this mm-hmm. given point, it was just something major that I just don't like to talk after losing. I mean, because you were like, Joe, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk. Like, yeah, I try to talk to you, like, Joe, I'm not trying to talk. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you like you, bad, you, was pre- you was pretty abrupt about that. But anyway, so how do you feel like the team reacted to the news of the quarterback switch? Uh, surprised mm-hmm. a little bit because I mean I don't know. I would say more surprised uh, when we came in that what it was said what was done. Um, so you weren't expecting that, it. I mean. It was a give and take. Like if he plays like any with any other quarterback, if you play good, you get your keep your job. If you don't, you don't keep your job. Same with safety. If you, I was kept missing tackles, I could lose my job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. Um, and how do you feel like Dwayne Haskins is handling the news? I mean, full disclosure, you guys have the same agent. You know, you have some connectivity there, what have you. Um, you know, this is someone that you uh, have some prior knowledge of in that regard. But, you know, how do you feel like he's been handling it? Especially going um, from being the starter to number three on the depth chart, not going from one to two. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, Joe. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, but how about this? I think this is a better question. How do you feel like a team handles the patience that is needed to give a young quarterback versus the group goals of everyone needing to, you know, and wanting to, you know, win more immediately. Honestly, you just have, you always want to have your guys back. That's that's the biggest thing. You always want to be a great support group. Um, win, lose, or draw. Um, we always going to be able to get better. We always try to work to get better, and we always compete to get better. So that would be the biggest way a team would always, you know, help somebody that's in need. Mm-hmm. And can you also just talk about on the bright side, you know, Alex Smith coming in. Um, this is a guy that was out since November 18th, 2018, almost two years, had a devastating mm-hmm. leg injury. Um, you know, what was the reaction when a guy like Alex Smith uh, came off the bench and entered the game? Uh, although, obviously, under, you know, circumstances you didn't want to see with Kyle Allen. It was crazy. It was just smiles everywhere. It was just unbelievable now the thing the crazy part is like even though like everybody was like oh lord he's stepping on the field man y'all should see the stuff he's doing practice like what? like what do we miss like y'all miss him falling on the ground getting back up hopping back up throwing the ball back down the field 60 yard passes like crazy stuff so we already knew like he's he can do it you know but mm-hmm. y'all, y'all don't see that every day so we already had the confidence it's just the fact that we, we get to see him on the field again it was it was amazing so you're a veteran now, somewhat. I mean, you think you grow more grown than you actually are, but you, you're a veteran somewhat now. So do you mm-hmm. have any, I mean, and just going back to this, just a smidge, like, do you have any advice, you know, for Dwayne as far as how he should, you know, kind of go through these times? I mean, you've been on teams where, you know, there's been quarterback switch, you know, before even in, with the Giants. Um, I would say I always just try to be a great teammate. Um be there for your boys, regardless of the situation, because uh, we got your back, bro. Because if we was down and, we, and you came, you know, be there for us, bro. I, I, I need that, you know. So as much as we can, uh, just be there for you, bro. All right. Well, we appreciate your time, Landon. Even though I don't know what you got going on with your head. Always got some silk scarf. I don't know what, what is this skill. I mean, is this silk? What is this? What, what do you got on? What does it say? <laughs> Why are you what trying you, to act like you, you can't hear me? You, what you wear on your head? I don't. I don't wear nothing on my head. This is all my juices and berries, honey, coming straight from my hair. What are you talking? Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to act brand new? You know this is my you, hair. You don't wake up like that. You trying to say I look I like Bernita you. when I wake up? 
I think worse than that, honestly. <laughs> Sheesh. When you go, Sheesh. What's um? Uh, what's a girl name? Uh, what's what's name about? Martin. From Martin. Um, oh, uh, 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 what's her uh, name? Sh- 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 Not the friend. Sh- uh, his, his girlfriend. The gr- Gina. No. The you talking about Shanae? Martin girlfriend. No, Martin girlfriend. That's Gina. Yeah, Gina, Gina, yeah, Gina. Yeah, you Gina. You like I Gina in the morning. That's how, oh, that's how I look like Gina in the morning. Really? Yeah, worse than that. Wow, yeah. I gotta go look up a picture yeah. of this. <laughs> you gonna see? You gonna be like? You gonna really hate me then? Okay, so, so I'm let a, me go ahead and get out. Bye. Of I'm gonna tell you what I normally tell you. I don't like you. Just so you know. I know you don't, but you love me though. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. <laughs> so we are pleased to be joined by Leon, the actor extraordinaire. You have seen him on the Five Heartbeats, Cool Runnings, Above the Rim, Waiting to Exhale, Ali, Get Rich or Die Trying, and plenty, plenty, plenty more. He is also currently starring on Hallmarks, The Time for Us to Come to Christmas, which is currently filming in Canada. Uh, he is also on Showtime City on the Hill. You have a reoccurring role on Blue Bloods, which is on uh, CBS, and you do all of these things. Your resume is extensive. So I just want to say, first of all, I am appreciative of you joining my show and coming on Undefined. Well, I'm appreciating you having me here, and um, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, so where are you currently right now? I mean, you've got the, you know, the whole, I don't know, ambiance going with the with the, the tooth, the, the shark tooth, and the, the collar open, and wh- wh- where are you right now? Well, I'm in Vancouver, okay, um, Canada. Yeah. Um, I just have a shirt on, and um, yeah, I, I usually have to surround my neck with something around my neck. Okay. But, uh, but, I, but come on now, let's be honest. Yes. Your honest. Is a lot better than mine. Oh, you like mine? I mean, you're giving me Strange here, so I didn't know, honey. You know? Oh, now, hey, look, I'm look, I'm seeing undefined. I'm seeing beautiful art. Yes. I'm seeing you all yes. dressed nice colors. So, you know, I love a sister in colors because you I know, appreciate of colors. Yes. <laughs> Color therapy. Hey, we need anything to lift our spirits nowadays, right? Without a doubt, without a doubt. So we have a lot to get to in terms of with what you're doing right now. But one of the reasons um, that we even connected, one of the first things that you showed me is this PSA. I really want you to describe that to my audience, particularly as we near the November 3rd election. We will thrive despite systemic racism, racial injustice, slavery. We will thrive. Despite the lynchings, police brutality, Incarceration and the 13th Amendment. We will thrive. My company, Motion Mob Films in New York, um, did a a PSA um, called We Will Thrive. Despite building America on our backs, denouncing our silent protests and the Tulsa massacre, we will thrive. Basically, it shows, you know, our Academy Award winners, our sports champions, our political heroes, and our authors and everything of our color that have thrived mm-hmm. despite everything we've been put through, despite everything to put us down and keep us from achieving, we continue to achieve. Despite the killings of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Eric Garner, Oscar Grant, Philando Castile, and too many more to mention, we will thrive. Why? Because we are America. Like it or not, we will thrive. And I want us as Black Americans to always honor our achievements, always realize that no matter what happens, no matter what they do, we will still thrive. Mm 
Mm, that's a very important message, particularly with what's going on um, in our country right now. And I just even wanted to ask you, as a citizen of this country, as a, a black person in this country right now, how has your perspective changed in terms of how you feel like the black experience is being regarded, particularly post George Floyd and his death right, right now, which obviously was a touch point in this country? This is the big difference now is that now it's not just us. You know, we've had um, civil rights movements before in the 60s and, and riots and things, but that was mainly us trying to fight for ourselves with a sprinkling of some white people who are politically active. Now, if you look at these protests, they're predominantly white. Mm. You know, these, these are people who are now realizing what has been going on. Mm. Well, now that's a big awakening for us. And, and I'm, I'm optimistic because I'm optimistic by nature, mm -hmm. but I believe that, um, that hopefully it will be a change. I don't know how much of a change, but there will be a change because now it's not just us. We've involved other people. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's everybody versus racism. It's mm -hmm. everybody versus injustice. Mm -hmm. It's not black or white mm -hmm. anymore. How much of it though do you feel like is authentic and how much of it do you feel like in a word that we've seen a lot on social media is performative in terms of, you know, is it just the du jour thing to do right now in terms of really embracing the black experience through our brothers and sisters that are in different, you know, um, races and cultures or what have you and how much of it do you feel like um, even in your personal experience where uh, the enlightenment is for real? Um, I feel as though um, it's for real, mm -hmm. but I, but with anything that's real, mm -hmm. that has um, a purpose and cause, there's always going to be um, a percentage of it that's for people to take advantage of, people to do the thing at the moment, mm -hmm. and um, and that's just human nature. Um, it's up for the, it's up for, it's up to us mm -hmm. who this is a real matter to make sure that it stays real, mm -hmm. to make sure that whether people are doing it for the advancements of the company mm. or themselves, that we're gonna hold them accountable. Or public relations, optics to, you know. Yeah, exactly, if you're, yeah. gonna, if you're gonna jump in this fight, you're gonna, you're gonna make sure you're doing it for real, mm -hmm. okay? We're gonna go in there and we're gonna see if your company's actually making changes or you're just putting stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you, obviously, you've already mentioned uh, your band, Leon and the Peoples. I, I just want you to share with our audience, how did you even kind of get into music? Um, obviously, multi-talented as an actor um, and can also share your talent and your art uh, through music as well. You know, music um, kind of came to me naturally when I became um, a well-known actor. They started asking me to um, MC a lot of music festivals. Mm -hmm. And so I would do it. And I did a lot of reggae, especially because, you know, I'm a bit of a reggae head. So I see. You know, my parents are Jamaican, just so you know, real quick. <laughs> yeah, way I deal with oh, God. Way I deal oh, with, man. Yes, we have to talk about Shata <laughs> culture. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so what happened is that um, I, would, I was actually the um, MC of um, Reggae Sunsplash Tour. Oh, okay. And, um, and also went to um, the Distinct Tour and here in Japan and Wow. Um, and so what happened, I'd be just be backstage with um, other artists, you mm -hmm. know, it would be Barris Hammond, Maxi Priest, mm -hmm. whatever, just singing acapella, you know, and, um, you know, and they all would encourage me and say, you know, you should sing, I mean, not because you have to, because you can't and you oh. love it. Oh. And so eventually I joined this band called the Young Lions in New York, which is a bunch of great artists from, with St from Sting to UB40, everybody. And we were doing quite well. We were playing um, cover songs. Okay. I, wanted to do, I wanted to do original music, so. I started my band called The Peoples. Mm -hmm. 
And then after a while, I had to pull a David Ruffin on him and call us Leon and the Peoples. Okay. We got better kids. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so tell me about this uh, current project you have dropped. The world's going to come around. I just had an opportunity to watch the video. First of all, I love the message in it and the unity that it, it talks and evokes, you know, from it. So tell me what your inspiration was for creating that particular track. Break these chains. Set my people free. Jail by racism. It's so plain to see. Politicians turn the other cheek. They're not listening to my people speak. The world's gonna come around. We gonna turn it upside down. The world's gonna come around. Can't you hear the sound? Um, the world's gonna come around is actually um, a song on our current album, mm -hmm. um, which is called um, "Love Is a Beautiful Thing." Mm -hmm. Um, but mm. I reworked it. I just took the um, the chorus part and I wrote a whole entirely different song that reflected today's times and what we're going through and, and more importantly, the need for change mm. and the need to get out and vote. Shouting it out Walking through the streets Holding hands The way it's supposed to be Mother, sister Fathers, brothers too now we know what we gotta do. The world's gonna come around. We gonna turn it upside down. Um, with three weeks left in the um, election, you know, I, there's never been a more important election in my lifetime. Um, I've never seen this country in the state that it's in right now. Um, it's all hands on deck. If there's anything I can do, um, I'm going to do it. And I know that through my art, um, I can um, be an activist. And and that's what I do. The world's going to come around. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to turn it upside down. Can you hear the sound? We got to change the world right now. Now, how concerned are you? Because I know that I've started to um, stock up on masks, um, groceries, because <laughs> I don't know what's about to happen, you know, in three weeks, if we're going to have some lack going on and, you know, some of our stores or if there's going to be more civil unrest. I mean, are you preparing or what's your level of concern? Um, my level of concern is, um, I don't know how, if I would say I'm concerned, but I'm definitely woke. Mm. And, and um, you know, I'm in a, I got my back foot back, you know, because, you know, in case, we, you know, in case you got a double punch, you got to make sure you got the balance. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you got your kickstand up on your back just in case. I just think that we hopefully will not let our country uh, mirror a third world country. Mm. Um, we are much more educated and sophisticated than that. Mm. Um, that's the kind of things that happens in third world countries where there's a complete outbreak when there's an election and people are fighting and there's wars. And, and there's no reason for that. I'm hoping that after the election, that we start to see a little bit of light. I that we start to see people that are, that are happier. Mm. Uh, people upset right now. Yeah. People are really upset. Yeah. And if you look at it, it's, 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 it's really um, crazy because there are people that are upset, which is most of the country, about the state of this country and that the lack of leadership. And then you have another portion of the country that is strictly upset 
that people are upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of you hoping that, you know, there's more light, um, you mentioned your daughter, Noelle. I just wanted to, you know, you to talk about how you feel like your parenting has even evolved or been impacted by what is socially going on in terms of even how you talk to your daughter. Do you share, um, I mean, I guess, how much do you share about, you know, the realities of the world right now with her? Whether we're talking about, you know, the voting, you know, who she should be voting for, and not just the presidency, but the Senate mm-hmm. and everything else. You know, this is her first time she gets to vote. Mm. And so it's a very big deal. And I wanted her to realize that um, it's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to, you know, she was so happy to tell me how she registered. And, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm very proud of you. And, and, and now I want you to educate yourself on who you think you should vote for. No, you follow football. Do you follow basketball as well? Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I mean, not as much as I used to. I mean, I'm I'm clearly more immersed into the National Football League now. But but, yes. but this is this is something you definitely have an opinion on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I you know I hate all these comp- I hate all these comparisons trying to make um it, with individuals trying to see who's greater than whoever. Uh huh. And I just and I think that um. Oh, Stephen you want to talk? Yeah, we could talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah. Stephen A. made a good point the other day, and this yeah. point I always make: you cannot compare errors. You uh, just yeah. cannot compare errors. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you're it's the same about... game in between the lines, but you cannot do things today that you could do back then. You can't put your hands on LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you could throw Michael to the ground, yeah. face down, yes. okay? Yes. And the most you get is a foul. Clearly you're talking about like the days of the bad boys and Charles Oakley and those boys where they just elbow you and Bill Lambeer and you just fall you know, flat on your behind. But, you know... Now, after, you know, Steph Curry and, you know, the, the, the beautiful game and they spreading the ball out or what have you, it's, it's definitely different. But I thought it was interesting when LeBron, after the championship the other night, he said, please give me my damn respect. You know what I'm saying? Because people, I guess, I don't know if they were delegitimizing it because it's in the bubble. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But I, I, I hear you. I mean, yeah, look, man, there's no way in the world you cannot give that man his respect on and off the court. Mm. And he deserves every single thing. You know, but I think LeBron is the greatest player in our era, mm. as Michael was the greatest player in his era, as Will Chamberlain wasn't his and Bill Russell wasn't his. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love Michael Jordan's answer when um, they asked him this when he was playing. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't ever say I'm the greatest because I never had a chance to play against the other greats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, if I, and if I can't actually compete against them, mm-hmm. I can't tell you that I'm better than them. One thing that does ascend LeBron uh, James for me above, you know, the Kobe's and 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 um, Michael Jordan or what have you, is his uh, social activism um, and the work that he's been doing with his I Promise School, um, the initiative that he's done with some of the other athletes to, um, you know, make sure that they're opening um, uh, voting locations and things like that um, with that I Vote campaign. So. Michael is coming around now. He's getting more involved now in his later years. But back then, I remember he had, I think he had a quote, and, I, and it's not exact, but he, he was saying white people buy shoes too or, <laughs> or something like that, or Republicans buy. It's, it's one of those things. But basically he was saying he wanted to remain neutral was the overall message uh, when it comes to things like that because he was conscious of his, the commercialism, you know, and, and how that is um, embraced by all people, you know. Basically what I'm saying is, it, is that it's more accepted now. Yeah, definitely. And just one last thing, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, please. What's, what's your opinion on Kaepernick? 
Well, um, listen, I think that as far as right now, I, I think he is more overall appreciated in terms of what he um, was setting out to do in terms of bringing attention to, uh, you know, police brutality and the need for criminal justice reform and just the in the imbalance between how, you know, people of color and black people are treated, um, you know, by some police. Um, I, I think it would be great right now to see if that could come full circle and he would be able to get, you know, back on the field, you know, they'll have discussions as to whether, um, you know, that's something that he really, really wants to do. Cause I, I personally, as an NFL insider know that there's a, at least one team that would, you know, work him out right now. Um, that would but, be great, but is that, is, yeah. that, is, is that what he wants? I'm not sure. Well, I, I think that it's fair to at least have the discussion because that workout hasn't happened. Um, so I, I think it's at least fair to have the discussion. Now, that being said, he has, uh, you know, lost a lot in terms of his playing career up through this point now. Um, but at the same time, I'm pleased to see that he's been able to get money from the settlement from, with the NFL uh, through, you know, his deal with Nike and things like that. And so uh, and also be elevated to that status within the culture for his, uh, you know, his role in starting the conversation. Yeah. Um I have to say that, I mean, it would be great, of course, obviously, mm -hmm. if he was to be put on a roster. Mm -hmm. I um, I have to say that I was disappointed mm -hmm. in how he handled um, the, workout. the whole workout. Mm -hmm. Very disappointed. Because, mm. um, of course, I'm rooting for him. Mm. And so, and I thought the stance that he took um, was not the right stance. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you're asking for a job. You're asking for an employer to employ you. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, treat it with a certain amount of respect. Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't care who who you are. If you're an owner of a team, you're not trying to listen to someone say tell you don't be scared. Here I am. This is like like that's not that's not the way you approach a job interview. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and I know Stephen A. shared your thoughts. I mean, I'm, I remember him saying that, you know, after the fact and Kaepernick was trying to say that he didn't, you know, feel like it was, uh, you know, completely legitimate. And, you know, so, you, you know, both sides had their feelings about um, the credibility of the workout, you know, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, the whole thing getting moved and everything else and what they wanted to sign, I, I thought all of that was wrong. Mm -hmm. But we all been in those situations and we have to know how to handle ourselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know you've walked in, whether it be the ESPN or any place else, knowing there was something going on that wasn't right, mm -hmm. but you was going to be right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we do try. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's all. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. You're good. No, and, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm glad you allowed me to interview you a little bit. <laughs> oh please! Another, hey, and I should I should turn over the mic, you know, more often because listen, you know, we all have a story, and and that's really the thing that I think is really cool just about what I'm you know trying to do at this platform in the sense that you know we all have kind of mutual shared experiences through things that we've gone through, not just in life but also in our careers that bind us no matter what it is. I mean, even in sports, whether you're talking about Kaepernick, all of us have hills and valleys that kind of just make everything interconnected. Period. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, so course, I, course, I, I definitely appreciate I definitely appreciate that. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah look right. at you. Sports, Good talking to yeah, you, sports expert and all that other stuff. So we'll talk soon, okay? All right, thank, all right, thank, thank you. you, Leon.
So we are welcoming back in Chris Paul and Huggy Lowdown, comedians from my hometown area of Washington, right. D.C. Yeah. Oh, that's what <laughs> you know him. That's right. And um, we're going to get ready to do this segment called Random Mess, where we just kind of make fun of some random things that happen uh, during the week, whether it's video, some random thoughts or whatever. And normally, you guys, I actually bring on a video from TikTok, but it was this video with Amy McGrath, who was running for the Senate seat in Kentucky against Mitch McConnell, in which she was uh, having a debate with him Monday night, and she was talking about the serious of the pandemic and how this has basically plunged our country asunder. And for some reason, Mitch McConnell just kept chuckling and kept smiling. The House passed a bill in May, and and this this the Senate went on vacation. I mean, you just don't do that. You, you negotiate. Senator, it is a national crisis. Yeah. You knew that the coronavirus wasn't going to end at the end of July. We knew this. It was very awkward. So I was just curious if you guys were trying to have a serious conversation with your wife or your woman or your pastor or somebody, and they just kept smiling like, I mean, you just don't do that. And kept chuckling. It is a national crisis. Yeah. How awkward would this be for you? Yeah, yeah. He should, right. She should. She should have said, "Mitch, please." <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he haven't got that nurse that net circumcision yet. You know, his neck is real. Oh big. Lord, got, got, a little bit of, got a little bit of uh, a chicken neck. There. Oh. Those of us that served in the Marines, we don't just point fingers oh, at the other side. Senator we we get the job done. Every right. single evil person in a great movie has that kind of laugh. Like right. they have a sinister plan. Mm -hmm. Right. And it tickles the shit out of them. Right, right. Like, and then when my bomb explodes, it will kill the entire continent of North America. <laughs> It's like, no matter what your political affiliation is, I mean, the, the chuckle right is, is right, just right. awkward. <laughs> you just don't do that. The video you're talking about, that we're talking right. about right now, is viral because everyone is appalled that this man could sit there right. laughing <laughs> right. and chuckling yeah. about problems that are real problems. Right. that are faced by real people. And just to uh, to insert some balance here, so do you think that it, this could be just a, a nervous twitch <laughs> for Mitch McConnell in terms Hell of, no. you know, he just doesn't know what to say? So you know you have those people who just laugh when they just don't know what to say? Could it no. just be that? He mm. should have said, you're right, everything you're saying is absolutely terrible, <laughs> and I don't sleep at night mm. thinking about all of the people we've lost. Mm. Well, he don't sleep laugh. tonight anyway because he got to keep getting up to go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just don't do that. Obviously, this is a clip, but the clip in and of itself is illuminating. It, you know, it it, yeah. it it clearly touched a lot of people in terms of something, you know, being off, no matter what it is that you think. Those of us that served in the Marines, we don't just point fingers right. at the other side. Senator we we get the job done. But I just wanted to say thank you for the two of you for joining me and coming on my show and Undefined with Josina Anderson. It has been a pleasure hearing the voice of both of you, somebody, and the both of you, rather, who actually remind me of my childhood and uh, just growing up in D.C. <laughs> I'm not trying to make y'all feel old. I'm just saying. We, we but I mean, y'all's voices are... I, here's what I'm trying to say. Y'all's voices are nostalgic for me. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Well, Josina, we love you, and it's yeah. only we for you. you. It's only for you that we wake up before 4 p.m. to do an interview. <laughs> right. Is that the time you guys normally wake up? <laughs> yes. <laughs>